This is Jordan Stewart, and you're listening to Sucker Sub. Go listen. I'm Banter. Hey, this is Rob Stone from Fox Sports. You are listening to the Soccer Subs Podcast. Now pay me. Pay me in cash, boys. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for attending the Soccer Subs Podcast, the number one podcast covering soccer in New York City and all over the world. Let's give it up for Ronnie. Let's give it up for Christian. And let's give it up for you, the Soccer yeah. Subs Podcast. The Soccer Subs Podcast. It's game on. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Soccer Subs Podcast, episode 36. My name is Ronnie. I am your host. Go here with my Soccer Subs co-host, Eric. It's just the two of us holding down the fort for this one. Our boy Christian's traveling right now. He's in Madrid. Eric, how you doing, man? This is me and you for this one. Oh, Ron, I'm doing great. You know, um, I, I think, you know, I'm sorry, guys. I'm, I'm going to Spain next and then Lisbon, too. You know, Soccer Subs International. But um no, I'm I'm doing great. We've had lots of football. It's just just been an un- unbelievable week. I know the kids are starting up school. You know, start of a new season. I'm I'm you know I'm doing great. Uh, that's amazing, man. Yeah, back to school. A lot of stuff's been happening. It's been some while since we recorded. We took a little bit of a break. I was traveling, but yeah, for the soccer fans, we are back. We got a special edition episode for you guys. We got a big show for you guys today. Super excited about this one. We have a special guest uh, joining us in just a little bit. His name is Steve Everett. He's the president of the USPSA, the U.S. Power Soccer Association. And this episode is really special to me and, and to Eric, just because the Power Soccer Association is essentially a league for individuals who play wheelchair soccer. So think of those individuals that have multiple sclerosis, quadriplegia, paralyzation of the legs, you know, some of these conditions, but somehow through it all, they're always smiling through soccer. And, and Eric, man, that's the beautiful thing about this game. It always gives back. And uh, man, we're really excited to have uh, Steve Everett coming on in just a little bit. We're going to talk all about the league, you know, coaching players, and just, we just want to know all about U.S. Power Soccer Association. So we're going to talk to Steven just a little bit. But for the soccer fans, real quick, it's been some time since we've recorded. We got to get to some soccer news real quick. We've had Cristiano Ronaldo off to an amazing start with Manchester United. Four goals in three games. Last time we talked, he was just about to debut. I can't believe it's already been three games already with with Manchester United. The Premier League race is looking very, very interesting. Chelsea and Liverpool setting the tone first and second place with the exact same record. They've drawn and and they've won the exact same time. It's been insane. And we got some news from Liga MX and the MLS announcing that they're going to pause the season in 2023 for a historic Leagues Cup. That's going to be amazing, man. I'm going to look forward to that one. I think it's going to be good for North American soccer here, man. I think, you know, it's going to be good to see uh, Liga MX teams constantly coming up here to New York, L.A., Seattle, to all the big cities and seeing them more in action. So I know for myself and Christian, it was a good experience as being out in L.A. for the MLS All-Star game. And if we can get that, you know, for a little tournament, I'm all for it. Eric, what else did I miss, man? When, I, know we, I know I left off some stuff. Uh, you know, Ron, there's, there's just there's so much to cover, so little time, you know. Now that Christian isn't here, I'm going to take advantage a little bit, you know. On the opposite end, we have Ronaldo starting off amazingly in England, Manchester United, you know, the top league in the world, Premier League, of course. 
on the other side, I'm sorry for all the Messi, all the Barca, all the slash PSG fans, you know. The Argentinian goal is having a bit of trouble with his first three debuts. We'll see if he finally gets his goal this coming weekend. Apart from that, listen, we have a hot start in Serie A. Inter is looking as strong as ever. That's uh, definitely not a race to be sleeping on. We've had a bunch of surprises in Champions League. You know, young boys knocking out, you know, beating Manchester United, Bayern Munich thrashing Barcelona. Barcelona, sadly, are definitely struggling at the moment. I'm just, I, you know, as a Real Madrid fan, I'm, I'm happy, you know, when my rival is struggling. But, you know, in the end, uh, that's always an amazing club. And I look forward to how they're going to bounce back. Uh, that's right, Eric. And yeah, on the MLS side, we got the New York Derbies coming up. One of them's happening today and the other one is happening this weekend. So we're super excited about that. But yeah, for the soccer fans, like we mentioned, this is a special edition episode. And we have the one and only Mr. Steve Everett, the president of the USPSA, joining us a little bit. Me and Eric are really excited about this one. Definitely for the soccer fans, something to pay attention to. I think this league is going to grow. Uh, within a few years, I think USPSA will be on the map. They're already becoming on the map. So for the soccer fans, we really hope you enjoy this one. And Mr. Steve Everett is coming up next. Let's go. All right, soccer fans, we have a special guest joining the show today. He is the president of the USPSA, the U.S. Power Soccer Association. And for you soccer fans who may not be familiar with the USPSA, it's the first competitive team sport designed and developed for people of all ages and genders who use a wheelchair. The participants who play the sport face some really difficult challenges such as multiple sclerosis, cerebral palsy, quadriplegia. It really warms my heart that, you know, we're able to bring awareness to this beautiful sport and the great individuals behind it. Let's please give a warm welcome to Mr. Steve Everett to the show. Woo! Thanks for having me. Steve, welcome onto the Soccer Subs. A huge pleasure to have you on with us. First things first is how are you? You know, yeah. and just if you, if you get a little background on you, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, we of course had to look you up a little bit and we uncovered a fun fact just to start it off. We saw that you actually played a uh, wheelchair tennis before getting into soccer. So yeah, have to get a little bit about you. All right. Great. Yeah. So thank you guys for having me. I'm Totally appreciate this. And uh, as far as California going, you know, we're, 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 uh, we're trying to stay safe and doing what we got to do so that we can get at, back to the sport that we love so much. Um, as, as far as myself, um, I was born with a disability called arthrogryposis, which is just one huge long word for saying that I got tangled up in the umbilical cord when I was, uh, you know, being born. And my, my body wasn't able to, to develop to the fullest. So um, I have no paralysis or anything like that. But as you can see, I'll raise my hands. Both my hands are, are like this. They, they don't function very well. Um, I can stand a little uh, I, to, enough to transfer and do certain things um, that I need to do in my everyday life. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so I grew up... Uh, being an incredible sports-minded uh, youngster, passionate. I'm sure just like you guys were as kids um, watching television, I uh, would watch every sport I could watch, absolutely everything. And I always imagined in the back of my mind, God, what would it be like to be a professional athlete? Or what would it be like just to be an athlete? And, uh, you know, in my circumstance, you know, there wasn't really a whole lot available at that time. And... Um, you know, it's really for the more functional people, people who's got good hands, but maybe their legs don't work, stuff like that, various sports. And uh, you mentioned wheelchair tennis. Um, 
Yeah. So when I was a, a teenager, I got invited to a wheelchair sports camp. And this sports camp was like no other sports camp that, that for people with disabilities that I've ever seen. It was so unique. Every single counselor and every single staff member who taught various adaptive sports were all professional wheelchair athletes. This is what they did. They were the elite of the elite. And so I was learning various sports like uh, wheelchair basketball and track and field. They had weightlifting and swimming and, and all, all, all kinds of, uh, you know, various sports that were out there. Uh, but tennis was the one that, look, it came natural to me. You know, growing up as kids, you know, you guys remember horsing around with your friends on the playground or even on the block, right? Sometimes blocks versus blocks, you know, we play tag football or two, two hand touch and, you know, all kinds of wiffle ball and stuff. Well, I wouldn't allow my, um, my friends to treat me any different. So if they were going to play, I was going to play. If they had to two hand touch, they had to two, two hand touch me, you know, um, when we played wiffle ball, I would tape the wiffle bat to my hand and they would pitch and I would take a swing at it and let her rip. Well, that transferred into me playing wheelchair tennis for the first time. They were trying to figure out how's he going to hold on to this racket. And I asked like, does anybody have any tape? And some maintenance guy by the tennis court said, Oh yeah, I got tape. And guess what tape he brought? Go ahead. Guess what's the number one tape. Yeah, so duct tape, you know, it works for everything, right? They wrapped this racket onto my hand and about four layers of skin later. I mean, I, I mean, I was in love with the sport. I was like, oh, I'm an athlete. I could get out here and compete. And that was the light bulb that turned on for me that I could do certain things. I could go on and compete and all that kind of stuff. So that was my opening to uh, adaptive sports, let's just say. And, and so, yeah, kind of catapulted from there. Uh, Steve, I could totally relate to you. Uh, one thing for the soccer fans, uh, for me, tennis was actually one of my first sports, one of my first loves watching uh, Martina Hingis, Pete Sampras, Agassi. Oh, so I, I really resonated that you actually picked up tennis prior to soccer, just like <laughs> me. Uh, Steve, one of my first questions, you know, uh, now that we got a little bit of background on you, Obviously, you know, going to the USPSA website, looking up the mission statement, that was something that really resonated with me. On the mission statement, it says that it's the hopes of the USPSA that all persons who use a wheelchair will have the opportunity to play and experience power soccer. And right. for a lot of these individuals, it's probably the first time ever that they experience the sports, which is really beautiful. And like we said in the intro, you know, some of these individuals have had these conditions such as multiple sclerosis, cerebral palsy, quadriplegia. I wanted to ask you, Steve, just being around these individuals day in and day out, can you just talk about how this sport keeps these athletes and, and individuals positive and what it brings to them and how it just keeps them so upbeat and just with some huge smiles on their faces, even though they may be, may be facing some of the hardest days of in their ages? Yeah, I think it's opportunity. I mean, that's a great question. I think opportunity to be able to go out and be like anybody else, right? Um, I think that's what we all strive for. Um, and, you know, us creating this uh, sport, the first of its kind for, for uh, as a team sport for people in power wheelchairs, like I mentioned earlier, most of the sports are designed for those that can physically do things 
you know, with their upper body and those kinds of things. As a matter of fact, I was the very first person to ever play wheelchair tennis in a powered chair. They didn't even know what to do with me. So now I have a sport that's designed specifically for me and people like me. It's just great. And, you know, the, you know, the hot words of these, these years have been like inclusion and, 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 you know, this is, this is big because uh, whether you want to do it recreationally and just be out there being physical and being able to do it, or you want to compete at an incredible high level, like I've strived to do, you know, those are the things that are incredibly important. So we meet people where they're at and, you know, look, growing up, I'm sure you guys can relate, you know, playing soccer, being on a team, being a part of a group, having a common goal to get to, to uh, work together in order to achieve those things. Look, I can guarantee you that if both of you guys come to a soccer game, you're going to be at wow for about the first 15 minutes because you're going to go, these guys and girls in these chairs are just flying all over the court. And this is pretty cool. And then slowly but surely, the chairs become a little bit more dim and the athlete becomes brighter. And it becomes evident to you really quickly that man, there's strategy involved in this. Wow, there's they're, they're spacing. There's, they're, it, it's a sport. It's exactly what it is. So to create those kinds of things. And then look, nobody likes anything more than to compete, right? I, I, I know I do. I mean, shoot, you put a board game in front of me and my kids, we're going at it, right? You know, if I want to be, dad that's, doesn't want to be, uh, you know, taken advantage of here. So I really think that that's the part, being a part of something really cool, being uh, having somebody that you can relate to and, and and learn from, and then everybody working hard for that common goal. So um, that's the beauty of this sport. It really is, and of any sport, really, right? Yeah, that's that's really beautiful stuff. And you know, maybe the soccer subs can definitely catch a game. I did see, you know, we have a New York team up in Syracuse. Oh yeah. You know, we definitely can. You you know, I definitely would love to catch a game. And yeah. you know, for all our fans out there, Steve, you know, can you just like from your eyes, just give us a glimpse of you know what the typical game day is like. You know, are there locker room huddles? You know, how long is a game? You know, what's the atmosphere like? before a game, after a game, I definitely want more insight. It's like, you know, you're teasing me. I want the whole, you know, I want the whole meal, you know, I want the appetizer. (laughs) That's all right. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, preparing, uh, we practice all the time. Uh, Gym time is, is one of those things that I think that is uh, a challenge for a lot of people, you know, because we play in a, a basketball gym. So the court is played in a regular regulation basketball court. Um, those are the, the, the boundaries of it. We play with a 13 inch, uh, soccer ball. So it's bigger than the normal soccer ball. Um, but it's manufactured the same way. As a matter of fact, I know you guys know futsal and those futsal balls, they, they don't bounce. Right. So the same manufacturers that do those manufacture our ball because we can't really afford for a ball to get airborne, even though occasionally they do because people can't get their hands up quick enough or dodge their head left or right, might get hit in the face. So ball over 20 inches is an automatic dead ball. So, you know, when, and I'm giving you a little bit of scenario of what the game part of it is. We have rules and stuff like, 
I know futsal compared to the outdoor game, you know, you got throw-ins. We're not going to be throwing the ball in, so we're going to be kicking the ball in from out of bounds, kind of like futsal does when you kick a ball in from out of bounds. Most of our goals are being scored on corner kick set plays. Occasionally, there's some fast break options that happen um, and those kinds of things. So preparation for all of that strategic wise, you know, getting fit, making sure that your body's right, your mind's right. I don't believe that it's anything different than, um, you know, what a team would go through as an athlete. I'm, I'm rocking music before a game because I got to get myself ready to go. We do huddle up and we're talking about how we're going to do things. We've done some, you know, chalkboard work beforehand. I mean, it, it, it becomes very serious, especially at the highest levels. Um, and maybe that's a good way of kind of starting uh, to give you guys a little bit more of an indication to what that is. We have recreation or, or non-conference levels where if a team just wants to go and recreate and, and, and play soccer, it's, it's no different than like a, uh, a weekend adult league that you get into, although I know some of them can get pretty uh, fierce. Um, but then the competitive uh, levels are uh, Founders co Conference. The next one up is President's Conference. The next one up is Champions. And then, of course, Premier's at the top, right? And we have promotion and relegation, just like uh, they do, you know, throughout the, the able-bodied sport. So, you know, um, it's, it's great. The national tournament every year becomes um, – what's the biggest event for us here in the U.S., for sure. Uh, we got 40 teams from all over the nation battling. Your, your boys wow. from New York, um, they, they had won a national tournament in the past. They're one of the top teams. So, and they got uh, a couple guys that played on that team. They were actually on the U.S. national team. So, yeah, you're kind of you're, – you're in a hotbed, brother. <laughs> uh, Steve, real quick, I just wanted to mention we we previously just had on Mark Lowry, who was one of the head coaches in uh in the USL for El Paso, and uh, just like you mentioned, uh, attention to detail, and he mentioned that a lot of goals in the USL come from set pieces. So, you know, the USPSA is like is 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 not that different in regards to that attention to detail, the practice, and yeah. practice makes perfect for a lot of these individuals, right? right. Right. Absolutely. So it's a four V four game is what it is. So I know you're probably thinking like, how do you get all those wheelchairs on one basketball court? No, it's four V four. We have a keeper, we have a center, a right wing and a left wing. And, and we maneuver the ball up and down the court accordingly in that way. Uh, we have now um, the envelope has been open where people are becoming more creative, trying a little different things. Um, you're, you're going to see a lot of, in today's game, four players coming forward. So that means the keeper's coming out, you know, and, and just really trying to attack and, and, and then recover to, to cover spaces. So it's, um, it's about chair maneuvering. It's about, you know, the game has become a huge passing game. Um, and uh, it used to be more of a 1v1. Um, and if you had a guy that was really skilled, he was probably going to dominate most, but now it's a combination of both. And it's really becoming even more of a, uh, a passing games, which is beautiful. So. Listen, Ron, we got, we got to, we got to make a trip to Syracuse. You know, he just, he just, you know, I'm hearing all this passing. I'm hearing all these tactics. I'm just like, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of like, you know, I, I love watching like just football 
all the time. You, you see the tactics unfold before you, you know, it's just a, it's just a visually amazing sport. And, you know, from what you're telling me, I can definitely tell that I'm going to really love watching this, these games. Now, Steve, I'm curious, you know, Sebastian Legette, you know, your first ambassador. Uh-huh. I'm curious, how do you come on board? My and, you boy, the boy, my boy, the boy. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely. We love them too. We had him on. He's, he's an amazing player. We were truly, you know, fortunate to have him. And, you know, we're curious, how do you come on board? You know, could you see more partnerships forming from that? Oh, absolutely. Well, first of all, he's a great guy, is he not? I mean, and and what you see is what you get. Like that that's that's he's the real deal. And and that's what I love about him. So, it, it was about 4 years ago maybe, right right after he had the big injury. So, it was the year after the uh, the surgery had just happened. He was recovering. He didn't quite he wasn't quite back all the way, but he was close. And uh we we the the LA Galaxy did a disability soccer uh, day at the LA Galaxy Soccer Center. So I had already been trying to kind of work this whole partnership out with them and trying to like create relationships and those kinds of things. Because in my mind, this should be a no brainer for an MLS team to partner up with a local club power soccer team. Uh, in support to help bring awareness, maybe get some of their athletes out there. So I'm always working like that, that and trying to look at, at as one of my goals to try to bridge that gap. And so I happened to be uh, called to, to do a power soccer demo. And um, I was like, oh, okay, so I got a group of the players from my team and one of the other local teams, and we showed up. And uh, there were other soccer forms, uh, disability soccer forms that were out there. Like they had amputee soccer was one that was pretty cool. They had the Special Olympics soccer. And then we were out there as one of the groups. And Sebastian came in and, you know, he, he went to every group and kind of was, you know, participating or watching. or the, But he, he kind of stopped and was just like an amazement of what we were doing on the court. Because, of course... You got mostly people that are able body or standing or ambulatory of some sort that are doing the other forms of soccer, which looks like able body soccer. But here we got, we guys are out there and they, we look like we're sitting in these little wheelchairs that are like shaped like go-karts and uh, we're flying around and we're smacking the ball and we're doing all these things. And I could tell that he just had this, he was like, wow, this is pretty cool. Like he could, so right in the middle of the demonstration, I stopped the game and I said, you know what? There's only one thing better. Uh, I said to the crowd that I think Sebastian needs to get in one of these chairs. What do you guys think? And the crowd, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, of course he was down. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. So he got in, we got him in a chair. We showed him how to drive and everything. And then we continued to scrimmage. And here's where the fun happened. The magic happened actually. Sebastian went from like, you know, great ambassador, really, you know, doing his part to competition mode when the whistle hit. Like all of a sudden he was telling people where to go, like, okay, go stay wide, stay wide. He was communicating. He's, I got this guy and he's pointing at me and he's like, he's directing traffic like you would in a game. And right then I knew this guy gets it. It's, it's, it's not like, no, it's not no, like, charitable thing he's doing it's it's this is real and so that was the beauty of it so 
him and I, afterwards, we talked a little bit more. We talked about the chair, the structure of the chair, the front bumper guard that we use to kick the ball. That's kind of our leg. I explained to him that you look at this chair, it's kind of like your cleat. It's kind of like your boot. You look at it, you got the front of it kind of like the toe or the laces, and the sides are kind of the sides of your, your boot, right? And I said, that's how we maneuver the ball, left, right, we're moving, we're, we're, we're opening up and we're smacking it, you know, we're doing 360 spins and really cracking it. And, and it's all those kinds of things. And the more he started seeing like the comparison and the more we played, the more he started understanding this is the real deal. So fast forward, basically, we connected, we, we kept in touch. Uh, we seen each other a few more times. Um, they started, the Galaxy started getting a little bit more, uh, you know, excited about maybe pursuing a, a partnership. And then I think really uh, one day they, they approached me and they said, look, I, we're ready to move forward. I, I'm not so sure that... Uh, you know, competitive, being competitive and all this stuff was really important to all of us. But I do think that maybe a little bit had to do with the crosstown rival LAFC kind of in the, <laughs> in the building these days. Of course. And so, so all of a sudden they're like, oh, we need to like, you know, network ourselves, attach ourselves. So the, the relationship started happening between us and them. We, we built the LA Galaxy or my team, which is called LA United. And Sebastian approached me. I had become, I was on the board of directors as the Western Regional Director. But then a year ago, I ran for the president's position. And when I won the president's position, I was now in a, a different role, which, you know, Sebastian approached me really. I, you know, I was in the back of my mind, I was like, okay, how do I? talk more about this to him. And he approached me and he said, look, I, I know that uh, I will, all I know is that I want to be involved in something special. And what you guys are doing is exactly what I'm looking for. I know that life after soccer is, is going to come at some point, And I still want to put, uh, you know, my effort forward to help promote something that I really strongly believe in. And that's and then then the uh, the relationship happened, and uh, I mean it's been great ever since. He's 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 I can't say enough about him. What a beautiful story! Like that just speaks to Sebastian's character, and you just speaking about that story just really has me thinking of wow down the road how beautiful would it be having El Trafico, L A Galaxy team exactly versus the L A F C and having a whole. MLS or even leagues around around that's beautiful. Thank you so much right, for that. Right, right. Well, I will tell you this, and I'll add to that real quickly. Since we've been doing what we've been doing in, in that relationship, there has been other teams that have now woken up a little bit. And you know, LA Galaxy with all the history uh, behind what they've meant to MLS and all the success they've had um, throughout the, the league's history, um, they kind of people follow kind of what they do. Some MLS, uh, you know, teams will then follow suit. And so, you know, San Jose's uh, team is now hooked up with their local team. And uh, we got uh, Houston Dynamo is doing some stuff with the Houston. I mean, so things are starting to grow and, and, and get better. So, uh, and, and I couldn't ask for anything more. It's exciting. 
Oh, that that's that's so amazing. You know, I hope after this episode, you, you know, we get the ball rolling and we get more MLS teams, you know, added on. We get New York, we get, you know, Philly, we get Miami, all these all yep. these cities, because that's that just the thought of it is so exciting. And, you know, you telling me this story. Listen, we had Sebastian for like, I'm going to say 30, 40 minutes. And look, in those 30 and 40 minutes, we got to meet the guy. We really loved him. We really saw how his character is like. And I, I just imagined the whole scenario with uh, what you just told me about just unfolding. I'm like, wow, that, that, that must have been such an amazing experience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Steve. You know, we, we did our research. We saw that, you know, the upcoming 2022, I could be botching it, FIFA um, Power Chair Football World Cup is coming up. You know, yeah. just recently we had the Olympics, the Paralympics in Tokyo. We noticed that in the Olympics, they didn't have power chair soccer. So, you know, we're curious with the growth of the sport. Can you see this, you know, eventually making it into the Olympics at yeah. the competing at the highest level? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that they talked to us about is that, look, soccer, we have our World Cup and it happens every four years. Like you mentioned, October 2022, it's going to be in Sydney for us. And uh, we're, you know, we're hoping things are going to still keep moving forward. You know, we're going through some rough stuff with the pandemic right now, but we're pretty positive about, uh, you know, where that's going to be. And hopefully we'll be able to make that happen. Um, The uh, Paralympics is, uh, you know, the, the mecca of everything when it comes to adaptive sports and and, and Olympics in, as a whole. Um, and, you know, we've had some challenges. We've put some bids in. And, and when I say we, it's our international federations. Um, and there are various requirements that go into every bid that you do. So meeting those requirements, having enough teams that are competing, having a classification system in place, you know, there's an anti-doping thing that's that's in place too. So all these things I'm telling you, doesn't it sound like the U.S. men's national team or, or the women's national team? I mean, everything you can think of is those kinds of things that need to be in place. They need to be, we need to meet those criteria as a whole, as well as the fact that you know, we have to go in as a, um, a sport that uh, they feel is going to be a benefit to the Paralympics. And, and I don't see why not, because look, they got all these different types of uh, soccer, uh, disability soccer that's already in there. And they're, you know, again, we're going to the inclusion thing. You know, you're kind of excluding a whole demographics of people in power chairs. I'm not going to be able to run around and kick a ball, even on a crutch or with one leg or blind soccer, deaf soccer, any of those kinds of things. But I can do it in my in my world, in my team, on my uh, on my skill set with our sport. And so I uh, it definitely I, I do see some uh, the, the potential there. And when that happens, the floodgates are going to open. The, the game's going to explode because Paralympics is, is really where it's at. Uh, Steve, thank you so much for that background. Um, one of my questions I had for you, Steve, looking at the website, we're seeing that the USPSA is 100% volunteer-based. And of course, you guys rely on contributions and of course, bringing awareness to the league and everything. I wanted to ask you just for the soccer fans, how can people get involved? And I guess, what are, your, what are some of the biggest challenges in regards to the league right now? Uh, is it just growing attendance? Is it also um, getting some donations over to you? Like, what can, what can people do the most to help you out to grow the sport? Yeah, I think getting involved, number one. Look, uh, you guys are soccer fans, no doubt about it. But how about volunteering and uh, 
getting certified and becoming a ref. You know, there are a lot of people that do things like that, coaching, volunteering your time to be, uh, you know, helpful with a local team in whatever way. Of course, financially is always a challenge for, for any any group like this. And, and you know, like our team, this will just give you a, for instance, our national tournament every year uh, or over the past few years have been in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Well, that's all good for the East Coast and, and the Midwest, not too far for them to go. But us on the West Coast, we're traveling far. So unless you have an, a, a, a sponsorship or a, a corporation that's coming in, you're doing a lot of fundraising or it's coming out of your own pocket. So it, it, it helping assist financially with individual teams is one way. Um, donating to the, to the association, the organization, helps us do all the different programs that we do. We got a, a wheelchair soccer camp that we do every year that I run. And uh, I have some of our US national team players as my staff members. So they're teaching at the highest level, just like any other sport who wouldn't want to go here to learn from, you know, Holistic or, uh, you know, Sebastian or any of these guys that, that are going to these camps. I mean, and, and so I got those kind of guys in my world uh, sharing their knowledge and teaching. And so that's just one of the cool things that we're doing. And I think, uh, you know, if you go to the website, you look at some of the, the opportunities to be involved and then sharing everything that you can, following us on Facebook, follow us in on all social media platforms. Um, I think that's going to open up the world to what power soccer is. Look, here's the deal, plain and simple. We won the 2007 World Cup in Japan. We beat France in the final in penalty kicks. First ever. Okay. Then years later, we play in France. We beat them, right? And, um, and, and we win again. Okay. Now we come back. And now it's in Florida. We got a chance to be a three-peat. A three-peat. And what happens? We, we ended up going they, they, all the way to the finals. We end up losing to France. Why does nobody know about this? Why, does, why, why is our sport and nobody still doesn't know about it? And part of it, we'll take some responsibility. We got to do better at what we do. But I think also it's just the fact that people like you Groups like this, I mean, podcasts like this is an amazing. And, and bringing over, um, you know, people that do things a little bit different like we do. Look, soccer soccer. Just because I do it with some wheels on my butt <laughs> doesn't mean that it's any different, right? It's still strategy. It's still competitive. It's still fun. So, and we enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, we get yellow cards. We get red cards. I mean, look, it's it's you know, it, it, it's, it's serious business, but it's fun. And from all the different levels, all the way up, we enjoy the heck out of it. And so, yeah, uh, I, thank you for that question. I really do appreciate that. Oh, no problem, Stephen. And, and thank you for that insight. No, that's, that's really helpful to, for the fans to hear that it's no different, just like our, our current soccer now. And like you said, yellow cards, red cards, the tactics, it's all there for the soccer fans. Steve, one other question I had for you, of course, looking you up and just seeing some different articles. I wanted to ask you straight from the source, you know, you're around these individuals day in and day out. There was an article that really touched me uh, about a, a young kid that, that you met. Uh, his name was Jamie. I believe you were playing his team. 
I believe you guys were winning and you guys had a quick huddle and I believe you let your team let them know like, hey, let them get a more, more experience on the ball. And a kid by, by the name of Jamie scored against your team. And it was like he had just won the World Cup and it meant so much to him. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you if you had any other stories like that. People like, you know, that make the game so special. You know, what are some of the other players that, you know, that you've met and just any other stories you had like that? Well, you know, what I, I, I think that that was something unique to me. I mean, it was very, uh, yeah, it, it, that team, we were, they weren't even in our, our conference. They were a non-conference team and, and they hadn't scored a goal uh, all tournament. And they were pretty much getting handed to them. Um, and we had a decent enough lead. So, you know, yeah, again, I, I asked if I could play keeper. And then I said what I said. And really, uh, it was just one of those magical moments. And I think you see that across our our um, our platform, our, what, you know, what we do. Um, you know, one of the worst things that can happen as an athlete is your chair to run out of power. And, um, or we, we have, uh, we are all time tested before a match. So everybody goes and they get time tested and we have to be in within a certain parameter in order to be allowed to compete. That way somebody doesn't go and become a garage mechanic and juice their chair up. And so they're flying all over. And it's also a safety reason. You want an even playing field and you want the skill to be the skill. Um, and so in this particular situation, at the end of the game, a ref comes over to the winning club and randomly chooses somebody. And he goes over to the losing team and randomly chooses somebody to test one more time at the end of the game. Now, here's here's the rule. If that person who's on the team that wins times too fast at the end of the game within those guidelines, they forfeit that game and he's suspended for one game. And uh, I think one of the cool things is competitive as we are, um, things happen. And this guy passed the test early on, but he did not pass the test later. And he gave him a second chance to do it. You get two chances, a second chance to do it. He still didn't do it. So his team was disqualified. And it happened to be in a crucial, crucial time of the tournament, like the quarterfinals or the semifinals. It was a big deal. And so the team they ended up playing later on for third place, um, and that team came with a skeleton crew. They only came with four players, where a lot of teams will come with six players. But for whatever reason, they couldn't, they couldn't get uh, a couple of their players there. So they played three, a man down, which is legal for the rules. I, my team could play with three players, and you guys could play me with four players, and there's no hard feelings. The rules are the rules, and that's just like playing a man down in, in the able body field. But what this team did was this team talked it over that they were competing against. They said, we think that that was you know, the best thing for us to do would be to go 3v3. So they could have played 4v4, but they played 3v3, and it was a great battle, and they had a great time, and, and, and it was highly competitive. But, you know, that's the sportsmanship of it all. I mean, and that's the, that's the love of, it, of, it, of the game right there. So I think things like that are incredibly important. One of my last questions, I think, before uh, Eric takes one of the last ones, I wanted to ask you, we, we talked a little bit about it earlier, 
in regards to coaching. Um, yep. I wanted to get a sense from you, um, you know, of course, straight from the source. What are the coaches like within the leagues with the USPSA? What kind of characteristics do they each hold? And, you know, we've had plenty of soccer coaches here on our show. But one common aspect that comes up on our show is just that human aspect, right? Getting to know the players, getting to know their boyfriends, girlfriends, their wives, their families. And that was one, one coach in Orlando, Oscar Pareja, who let us know that, uh, you know, that's the secret sauce to winning, you know, just getting to know yeah. the players. I wanted yeah. to ask you as well, you know, what are coaches like in the league? How does one become a coach? And if you could just talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, we're working right now with the U.S. soccer to put a certification in for uh, parameters into for, for coaching certification. And so we have all walks of life with, that are certified as our, our, our soccer uh, coaches at this moment. I'm what happened to be a coach player on my L.A. United team. And, you know, he, here's the deal. You're absolutely right. I think it's the relationship. Look, what motivates me or you is the, it can be two different, three different things. So I, as a coach, have got to understand, like, I can say certain things to you that might go in one ear and out the other, right? Or you might take it personal. But I can say the same thing to Eric here, and he, he'll, be, he'll, he'll respond right away. So what's my job as a coach to know how I can, can motivate him and can, to motivate you and communicate with you guys to do that. Um, you know, as far as the coaches go, we got, you know, just like any, any uh, club soccer or you, you watch even as you move up, we got really passionate parents and, and, and that are coaches. We got passionate coaches that are not parents that are out there. Um, we got people that are in it for, look, just being involved. We got people in it like, no, I'm winning the national tournament and I'm preparing for that. And, you know, that's my team and that's what we're doing. Um, you know, here, here's a, for instance, my very first, I played 21 years of wheelchair tennis and traveled all over the world competing, uh, doing that. And then the first time I, I competed in a wheelchair uh, soccer tournament uh, was in Arizona. And, you know, I'm in this tournament and I watch videos on some of the guys that, and, and players that are, are playing. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking around. Oh, I seen that guy. Oh, yeah, he's one of the top or that person's one of the top. And you're scouting. You're seeing what they do different. I'm learning. I want to know. I want to be good. And within the first day of my tournament, um, I see a coach get tossed. And 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 and, and yeah, he was arguing about a play and this, that, and everybody's like, all oh, excited. I'm, you know, they're all like shocked. I'm excited. You know why I'm excited? This is a real sport. That's why I'm, it's not no uh, disabled sport or charitable sport. Not that I'm, I'm look, I'm, I'm not trying to make that belittle that, but it, to me, the way my mentality was, Oh, all right. This is serious. These people are, 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 are speaking up. They're, they're, they're doing what they need to do. The coach was, uh, you know, shouting, the ref responded and uh, enough was enough. And finally he gave them the boot. And so, and, and I'm not saying they're all like that, but I'm just saying that's the passion that's involved in this. And um, I would invite you guys to go to any YouTube page that, uh, particularly one at uh, uh, powersoccershop.com. Um, they are a huge resource uh, of videos that they have 
and the World Cup and watch those teams battle, watch the video of some of the games um, that was at the last World Cup, and you'll know what I'm talking about. I mean, yeah, so it's, um, yeah, super exciting. Um, and, you know, it's sport. It, it is what it is. It's sport. That's amazing. The emotions are there. The mentality is there. You want to win. I love it. <laughs> I love yes, it. Yes. Definitely, definitely. I don't, I don't know what it is. You know, I don't know. As sports fans, do we just love seeing the, you know, the red cards, the arguments, the technicals, the, I don't know. I just, I just love that. And I could just, you know, imagine it. And, you know, I don't know. I just, those moments you know, themselves. You know, I'm not going to lay out, I fall out of my chair, lay on the ground and roll and grab my knee or anything. And kind of <laughs> like that. But, you know, we, we do it other ways. We, we, we make it work. For sure. For sure. Love it. Love it. Uh, Steve, I, one of my last questions, you know, so two teams of four, typically in a gymnasium or a regulation basketball court. And, you know, you touched upon it earlier. I, I love the touching moment of how sport, sportsmanship was shown with the 3v3 and, um, you know, they took a man out. They, you know, they thought that was fair for them. I'm curious, you know, can you see the rules change and expand? You know, can we grow like, you know, from a 4v4 to, a, I don't know, 5v5, 6v6, you know, any future enhancements, uh, new, new regulations? You know, I, I'm definitely excited for that. Do you think, can you see that down the line? Yeah, I think anything's possible for sure. Um, you know, one of the things that, and, and this maybe will answer your question a little bit better. Um, you need space uh, to, to, and you, we all know that. And uh, a field gives you all the space you need. And one of the great reasons uh, that Brazil has always dominated in the past uh, of, uh, of the world of soccer was because they played those little futsal games in tight areas. They Any parking lot, any dirt, any grass, they could do all those, and they were great with their footwork and stuff because they, they did it in such a small area. Now you give them the field, and they're like, oh, my goodness, I could go around everybody. I could do what I need to do, and the passing is, is incredible. So with power soccer, we need the same thing. And if not, think about it. It becomes bumper cars. So, so we have a rule, it's a, it's a two-on-one rule. And that two-on-one rule is probably the key to our sport. So what that says is, is if you two are playing against me, okay, and my teammate, and Eric, you got the ball, you cannot be close to Eric within three meters of Eric when I approach Eric to, to take the ball away from him. That would be two versus one. That's a turnover. Now it's my turn. It's my team's ball, okay? So they allow for 1v1, okay? And, you know, you could be off to the side outside of the three meters, which is about 10 feet, you know, and you pass it to your, your, your teammate here. Now my teammate can go. Now I got to get out of dodge because I can't really – be in that and if I go then he's got to back off so it's a lot of maneuvering like that and the only time that that changes is in the goal box the goal box the um the keeper is immune to the two-on-one as long as he's in that box and he can have a second defender in that box as close as he wants but outside that box the two-on-one is in effect. And so what that does is it allows for spacing. And so 
um, when you when you first go to a power soccer game, you'll hear a lot of whistles and they'll hold up two fingers and one finger. So they're telling you two V one and they usually tell you who that was. Okay. Once the normal soccer fans get the hang of that, it becomes soccer all the way around. They go, okay, now I'm understanding where that is. So to answer your question, if we went more, we would probably have to have a bigger um, court, basically, or pitch. Um, uh, they have experimented with that in Europe a little bit. They play with some really wider, like, you know, you guys know the bigger international futsal court. It's wider than a basketball court. The dimensions are bigger. So they've played on courts like that, which gives you a lot of space. So, um, yeah, it makes a big, big difference. So, um, um, yeah. So, but I do see that the sport as a whole, there's so many ways that we could change things. Um, one of the rules that just changed just this year that is going to be interesting is, uh, you know, penalty kicks. Um, and, and I'll explain that real quick. It used to be that the keeper had to face forward, okay, and, and the kicker, okay, and and their guard, which is the front that they kick with, had to be on the, the, the line, on the goal line, okay, between the posts. And he couldn't move until the ball was struck, okay, and they couldn't face sideways, they couldn't face any. Well, they've changed that rule now. Because technology has changed the world of power soccer. We have these chairs now that are like the Lamborghini of soccer. It would be the difference of you playing soccer in flip-flops or you getting a brand new pair of kicks, you know, or uh, boots, you know. You're not going to slip around now. You're going to be going. Well, that's what these chairs are like. The responses are ridiculous. And so now, this year... The keeper can sit any direction they want. So now they can turn sideways like this and get really long and wide. So now I can go reverse if I need to block the ball or I could go forward. And, and that changes everything around. So they're always doing things like that to change. Um, and technology is always, uh, you know, the chairs are unbelievable now. I can only imagine them getting better and the speed of the sport getting even even more crazy but uh yeah pretty cool pretty cool stuff uh steve well we want to say thank you for your time before we let you go though we wanted to ask you for the soccer audience what's the website what's the twitter handles all, all the social medias just for you to have an opportunity to let the audience know as well yes powersoccerusa.org so that's our website and, uh, you know, hashtag Power Soccer USA. And, you know, you can find us on Twitter in that same manner, uh, Facebook, all those types of social medias. And, and, and you know what, the, the biggest thing is we, we'd love to have people out checking it out. If you know somebody who could, you know, here's, here's probably the big hidden secret. You don't have to be in a power chair to play. You just have to have a disability that would, a physical disability that would uh, allow you to be in a power soccer chair to play. So you can, if you're in a manual wheelchair, you play wheelchair basketball, or maybe you took up a sport just because soccer wasn't available and you're in a manual wheelchair, you can jump in a power so a chair and com play competitive with us. And, and, and it's amazing. I can't wait to get you guys in a couple of chairs and see what you got. 
but <laughs> Steve, thank you so much. And also, by the way, I just want to shout out as well, the Instagram handle, US Power Soccer, which I just found right now. Steve, thank you so much for your time. We'll definitely be checking it out. And to the soccer fans, please go give them a follow, go to the website, check out the ways you guys can get involved. And uh, Steve, thanks again for, for your time. And we hope to have you down the road again as well. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for, for being a part of this whole journey that we're going to do to open the eyes of, of people and let them know what's out there and what's available. You, by doing what you're doing right now, you're, you're making a difference. So thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. Something tells me this isn't the last time we're going to see you. So thanks so much nope. a lot, Steve. For All sure. Right. For sure. Steve, thank you so much for your kind words. I'm really thankful. This is honestly definitely my top three interviews. I, I really loved it and I really enjoyed it. And I hope we get to interview again down the line. Absolutely. Absolutely. It would be my pleasure. Thank you guys. All right, soccer fans. That was the interview with Steve Everett, president of the USPSA. What a great guy. Eric, man, let me go to you. You were my right-hand man during this. What you think of Steve, man? And any thoughts, Um, you know, just after that interview, man? First and foremost, I want to thank Steve for, you know, giving us his time. It was Quite honestly, one of my most favorite episodes, it was a beautiful, you know, discussion that we had with Steve. I learned so much and it really opened my eyes to the other side of soccer. I look forward to actually, you know, catching one of these games. I know we have a New York team up in Syracuse, you know, maybe I'll make the trip over there. I think, you know, what Steve is doing, it's it's amazing work. And uh, this was truly a beautiful and uh, one of my favorite episodes. And I'm hoping, you know, as we discussed with Steve, you know, more MLS teams, you know, join in and, you know, we get the growth of this league because amazing individuals definitely playing in that and supporting the league. That's right, Eric. Steve, thank you so much for being on with us. Uh, Like we said, this isn't the last time we're going to speak to you. We hope to have you back on. To Joanna, thank you so much for the opportunity. Uh, For the soccer fans, we hope you really enjoyed it. Really cool that they have Sebastian Leggett on as their first ambassador. I'm sure they're going to get more players on. And, oh, man, this is just the beginning for them. And, yeah, make sure to give them a follow at US Power Soccer on Instagram. Uh, They also have a Twitter there as well. And, uh, yeah, Eric, man, let's get out of here. Take us home, man. We'll be back for next episode, episode 37. Can't believe that we're almost getting to our 40s. Uh, We'll get into some Champions League when Christian's back. And we're going to get into some Premier League. Copa Libertadores coming up to the finals right now. We got uh, Barcelona versus Flamengo and Mineiro versus Palmeiras. Those are two heck of matches right there. But yeah, Eric, let's get out of here, man. To all our fans out there, I want to thank all of you for the support. It's been, you know, it's amazing. Episode 36, you know, we're approaching 37 and I can't wait till we get to 100. I want to thank all of you for listening. Be sure to follow us on all our social media, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Shout out to Hugh. We miss you. Christian, hope you're enjoying it in Spain. That's right. And uh, Christian, get back soon. And we hope you enjoyed the interview uh, with Steve Everett. And we will see you guys for episode 37. You guys take care. Have a good one.